Big Fork Chop. Our Fork Houston. The Bird County Boys. And this is live from the Army. Give it a listen. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. It's just Laura and I talking about, you know, me wearing silk pajamas and a smoking jacket and all that other good stuff. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605 with your host, Bunkhouse Bob. I will bounce you like a lowrider in a Dr. Dre video, and that's no joke. And the lovely Laura. You know what you need to do, Bob? What? You need to drink some calmly aids, just like I do every morning out of my O-Face cup. Folks, it's Wednesday night. That means that you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. What else would you be doing on a Wednesday night except listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show? Hello, everybody. My name is Bunkhouse Bob. I'm your co-host. Joining me in just a moment will be the lovely Laura, as always. Folks, we'd like to welcome you to the show wherever you may be listening at, wherever you may be listening from. However, you may be listening to us, whether you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio or if you're getting us from iTunes. We thank you very much for downloading the episode. Our studio number is 213-816-1605. Tonight, we have two guests for you. We have Tim Cole and we have Mosi Camus will be joining us tonight. And we're going to talk about a little bit about independent wrestling and we're going to talk a little bit about TNA and we're going to talk about Oh, I don't know, this, that, and the other. We'll probably have some leftovers. You all like leftovers, don't you? I know Laura likes leftovers. I like leftovers. I like leftover meatloaf sandwiches. What about you, Laura? I love leftover meatloaf. It's great. Well, there we go. It's comfort food. Can't go wrong with that. How are you, girl? Exactly. I'm pretty good, Bob. How about you? Well, you know, it's Wednesday night, and we're doing what we do every Wednesday night, and that is... Changing the fa- the wrestling fan's mind, one fan at a time. Exactly. Support the indies. Support the indies because the major televised promotions are slowly shrinking, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Folks, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our Twitter address is at From the Armory. And if you'd like our Facebook page information, Laura, you know it because I don't. <laughs> it's... Facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. I don't know why I have such a hard time have, have such a hard time remembering that. I don't I don't know. I guess because maybe yeah, I'm getting older. You have older. me to remember it. That's well, right. I've got, you said it. Well, I'm getting older and you're here to help. I can't do it all by myself. So, <laughs> folks, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run down a couple of things for you real quick. We normally run down a a bevy load of independent wrestling shows, and there's really only about four things we're going to mention tonight, and they're going to be really brief because we've got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. And Laura and I found ourselves, we were looking at stuff, and it's like 
man, we read a crap load of indie events. I mean, we could rattle off 15 minutes worth. And uh, oh, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, just, it's just not worth it. I don't know. Uh, I do know that the NWA Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest is coming to Charlotte this weekend. I know that it happens yeah. starting on Friday the 1st. Isn't that right, Lauren? It runs all the way through, what, Sunday or Monday? It's like three, four days. Actually, I think some of it may start tomorrow. Tomorrow there might night. be a I, few I, things. I know. Yeah. I, I thought I, it was I four think. days. <clears throat> but uh, it, Thursday, it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. There you go. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Folks, I, I went on the website last night, and there's just too much information on this to give you over the air. I'm going to give you the website address, which is www.midatlanticlegends.com. I can tell you that if you're a fan of professional wrestling, if you, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the Mid-Atlantic region, there it's a who's who of who's mm-hmm. going to be there. We're talking about names like Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon. Um, help me out Jim here, Lord. Jim Cornette. Uh, the Mulkey the Brothers are going to be there. Scrappy McGowan, the Rock. I mean, anybody that was from that time era of of the 70s, mid-70s through the 80s is going to be there. I can tell you this, folks. I did see this. If you are planning on wanting to get autographs or pictures, autographs and pictures are very pricey at this event. Don't ask yes, me why, because I can't tell you why. I can tell you that autographs slash pictures are going from anywhere 20 to $25 per person. Now, yep. they are offering some package deals for this, but, I mean, like one of the package deals is a, a picture of Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard inside of a cage. So, I mean, you have to go to the website. You have to check it out. But if you're planning on getting some autographs or pictures, you better bring you some bring spending the money. money. That's, that's what I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. NWA Houston. Saturday, August 2nd, bell time, 7 p.m. This is from the VFW Post 8905 in Cypress, Texas. Info you can find out, www.nwahouston.com. Vendetta Pro Wrestling. I was remiss in telling fans this a couple of weeks ago. I had it wrote down, and somehow or another I must have breezed right past it. Vendetta Pro Wrestling is now affiliated with the NWA franchise, and we talked about this several months ago, both Laura and I, and I think we talked about it with George Coles, about the NWA franchise going around to some of these promotions and starting to get a collective group of independent promotions under the NWA logo. Well, you can welcome Vendetta Pro to that logo now. Their Summer Sizzle 5th Anniversary Show is Saturday, August 2nd at 5 p.m. at the Elks Rodeo Arena in Santa Maria, California. Info on this is at uh, www.vendettaprowrestling.com. And last but not least, our friends out on the left coast, West Coast Wrestling Connection, will be having a TV taping on Saturday, August the 2nd at the Bob White Theater in Portland, Oregon. Uh, a lot of these stars from championship wrestling from hollywood and i know there are some stars from the east coast that are venturing out to the west coast to make a name for themselves out there you can check out all the information for west coast <clears throat> wrestling connection at triple 
wc-wc.com. And that's what I know. Well, I know that the world's cutest tag team of mm-hmm. Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae won the PWG tag titles this weekend. They beat the Young Bucks. They sure and did. They, in a guerrilla warfare um, match. And mm-hmm. Candace got a little color, you know? Candace got I'm Candace so proud got, of her. She got more than a little bit of color. That girl was a bloody mess. Yes, she was. And I was so proud of her because she can get in there and she can hang with the fellas. And she's one half of the PWG, <clears throat> PWG um, Tag Team Champions. I mean, how cool is that? That's pretty cool. Joey, Joey and I Candace, have... you know, we we talked about this, about the intergender tag team and whether or not it was going to yeah. catch on, and evidently it's caught on out on the West Coast. I, I think it could probably catch on out here if, you know, um, if there were two people like Joey and Candace that, first of all, could wrestle and second of all had the chemistry that they do, I think right. that it would be absolutely uh, phenomenal that mm-hmm. uh, they could have something like that. But, you know, um, it's hard to catch lightning in a bottle. It's true. But I would like to, I would like to uh, mention something that um, I happen to see on the Internet that Miss yeah. Velvet Sky sent out yeah. a tweet. She didn't name names, but the tweet reads as follows. Attention, ladies, in wrestling, stop carving yourselves to shreds. Enough said. Okay, uh, Velvet, when I see, I, I, I'm not saying she's not tough, because she is. She's, mm-hmm. she's tough. But when I see you get in there with the Young Bucks and have a guerrilla warfare match, then we'll talk. Velvet Sky is the only current wrestler that I am blocked by on Twitter, and I believe I've told I this think story. That's crazy. Be- I believe I've told this story yeah. before. When Angelina Love and mm-hmm. Velvet Sky were originally released from TNA, I put out a tweet saying, "Velvet or Angelina Love, I don't understand. She girl can wrestle, carries the franchise, you know, the knockouts division." Velvet Sky, not so much. You know, I don't care. I don't think that she has a, a good in-ring ability. Blocked. I, you know, and we talked about this, you know, a couple weeks ago. That's my, that is my, my professional opinion on her in-ring matches. I, I personally don't believe that she can carry a bucket into the ring. Uh, she is just not a, a, a huge in-ring talent for me. You know, she, her. The her whole, what's the word that I'm looking for, Laura? Her whole attraction is her entrance. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah, let's that's, pitch that's what I'm loop. saying. So, you know, that that's what I'm saying as far as as, as that's concerned. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, um, it, it, and that's her opinion too, but, you know, my opinion is that when you get in there and you do the things that Candace uh, does, then, you know, we'll talk. Candace we'll wrestles talk. circles around her. I don't know what she's tweeting about, she, but... She does. I mean, yeah. and, you know, Candace doesn't have, you know, implants and isn't, you know, overly made up, you know? 
Candace was right. like the girl next door, really. She was just like somebody you know. She doesn't look like she's been, you know, nipped and tucked and everything. And, you know, I'm sorry if you're a Velvet Sky fan. I like Velvet, too. I, I do like Velvet. I think she and Angelina make a great tag team. The beautiful people. That's one of the few themes in TNA when you hear, boom, you know. You know that's the beautiful people. Right. Anyway, right, right. I, w- I would like to mention my good friend Cameron Cade, as I'm, I do a lot on the show. Uh, Cameron went to the Ring of Honor seminar this past weekend, and I heard he did very, very well. Cool. Would love to see Cameron Cade in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You know the whole uh, Future of Honor that did right, right. this past weekend. Right. Right. He was there. Okay. Um, like I said, I heard he did very well. And I would also like to mention that I nominate Cameron Cade to be in the 2015 Crazy Eight tournament uh, that AIWF uh, Mid Atlantic has, usually in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I saw Cameron there this past year in the Crazy Eight. He did really well. Cameron just made his return to Mount Airy uh, this past month. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, but would like to nominate Cameron. If you're listening out there, promoters. Book Cameron Cade. You won't be disappointed. Very, very good. And one thing and I wanted to mention. Go, go ahead, Laura. And that's what I know. Okay. I wanted to go real back real quick to the, to the Velvet Sky thing, and, and, and people can, can think of this at what they want. I am 96% convinced that the reason why Velvet Sky was brought back after her initial TNA release had everything to do with Chris Saban. Oh, it's right. And I'll and I'll leave that at that. So you can you can take that to uh, take that to heart for a minute. So we've got somebody calling in. We're going to take this call real quick, and then we're going to get Tim Cole on the line. Eight six four. You're on with live from the Armory. Ah, oh, you would think you would remember my number. It's been a while. <laughs> I know who this is, Mr. Sleaze, Eric Thompson. I know this area code number. What are you doing? Are you I am, uh, right now I'm being the most dangerous man in the universe because I am at a bank uh, withdrawing a lot of money to, I might actually uh, kill people on the road talking on this radio show, but you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it, guys. You know, got to live dangerous. Well, hey, we're worth we it. Don't, we're worth it. We, we, yeah, we we don't want you to to put anybody in harm's way, especially yourself. And well, why are you with, why why are you why are you withdrawing all this money from the bank? Uh, let's just let's just say I know a man that knows a man and that knows about a camel in uh, in Jerusalem. Oh, brother! <laughs> I can tell that now, the exhaust here. The exhaust fumes of those people that you're tail No, the exhaust fumes of those people that you're tailgating are coming into the car. Hey, hey. You know, I am not gonna lie. I have uh, recently discovered that I need to ride to- uh coattails like really start doing it like quick. Because Aaron yeah. Thompson's push is almost over. Almost over. You know? It can only last for so long. Yeah, I mean Mr. Sleeves is Mr. Sleeves is going downhill, baby. Uh, you know, the sleeves tours are not rolling on that much. Well, maybe you could start dressing like Damian Sandow and pick out a different character every week to portray. <laughs> I would, you know what? I would. I'm actually, I kind of wanted to do that gimmick before he did it, so I'm kind of pissed. 
about yeah. the whole situation. You know, I feel like maybe, maybe I should go get Velvet Sky to be my, my Candice LeRae. And we can yeah, have an awesome, I mean, that would be like me and I, Velvet versus Candace and Joey. Come on, that's money to be made there, people. Maybe what I you agree. ought to do is, maybe what you ought to do is you ought to have Jordan Castle start a Twitter campaign for Velvet Sky to have you two booked together. I think that should happen because, you know, Jordan Castles hasn't heard me on this radio show in forever, and I know he's been dying to tweet what I say. Well, yeah. Jordan Castle isn't hearing you right now because he won't be listening till 730. There you, you know go. What? You know what? See, see, this hurts my feelings now. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear <laughs> that, Mr. Please. <laughs> I'm, just here to, I'm just here to talk to the birds and the squirrels right now, guys. <laughs> All right, young man. Uh, first, you were talking about camels, and now you're talking about birds and squirrels. Are, are you okay? Have you been eating, yeah. like, shrooms or something? Uh, no, I wish I was. No, I'm, I mean, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, actually, right now, I am on my way to the best place in the world, Applebee's. I'm about to put over a steak, because that's what I do. I put over things. And um, I'm about to put this steak over. <laughs> and then, last thing I'm going to say, Bob, before I go is you can catch yeah. me in Greenwood, South Carolina this weekend for SCW. Um, or don't come see me and miss out. And then in like two weeks, I'm going to be at NCW in Lawrence, South Carolina with some hack named uh, Cameron Cade. I don't know who that bitch is. Um, putting over that. So um, I will uh, holler at y'all. I'm going to stay on this thing, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to try not to kill this guy in the um, Ford Explorer in front of me. Because I'm in a caddy, and this bitch will make some room. There you go. As he rolls down the road, folks, I'm thinking that maybe next week when he shows up to his, his show, maybe his gimmick should be that he should dress like Noah, you know, because he's dealing with oh squirrels, Lord. birds. <laughs> two by <so> two. <laughs> All right, Laura, if you want to cover for me for a minute, we're going to get uh, Mr. Tim on the phone. Certainly. I would like to say that I just got a message that we just got a favorite from our a favorite, a favorite, our tweet, rather, uh, Joey Ryan, when I congratulated him and Candace on winning the, the tag team title. So that makes me really happy. And um would also like to tell Bob that our good friend George International Coles, um, has said that we might want to take it easy on Velvet because that's Bubba Ray's girlfriend. So I don't want any trouble with Bubba Ray. So, um, just saying. Um, if anyone's listening that knows them, you know, Bob. how Bob's doing. Bob did it. And Bob has the name Bunkhouse in his name. So, um, you know, he's tough. He's really tough. I'm, I'm trying to book the Caleb Conley versus Bunkhouse Bob match at uh, Russell Cade, uh, you know, Tracy Myers, if you're listening, that would be money. Money. Money, 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 match. money. A bunkhouse <laughs> match. My specialty. All right, right. folks. <laughs> As promised, uh, right now, joining us uh, from Parts Unknown on the phone, we'd like to bring in our good friend, Tim Cole. Tim, are you there? What's happening, guys? Yes, sir. How What's you, happening? How you doing? Nah, we making it, brother. We making it one day at a time. You. I hear you, boss. Uh, on the line with us, of course, is Laura. Laura, you want to say hey to Tim? 
Hey, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, trying to work a little bit, but, you know, don't want to do it so much. They don't pay me enough to work but so hard. That's right. You can't stick it to the man. <laughs> That's right. Somebody's got somebody's got to. They stick it to us enough, don't they? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So Folks, joining us, in the, joining us in the studio right now is Tim Cole. Our studio number is 213-816-1605. Tim, I want to thank you for taking time uh, out of your schedule to be with us on the show tonight. I wanted to uh, I wanted to cut right to the chase on this one. You are no longer involved with Heritage Championship Wrestling. Is that correct? Yes, sir, it is. Uh, just uh, a lot of things going on, you know. Don't really want to go into a lot of particulars, but yeah, I stepped away from that. I guess it's been about a month ago. So. Okay. But was it? Uh, just I'm just not one of those try things, to... man. Right. Not not trying to dig dirt or every, anything. Everything's okay. It was a, you know, just a mutual parting. I take it. Because that's where a lot of fans yeah, know you much. from. I'm that's big... the reason why I'm asking. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, just a mutual parting away. No hard feelings. I mean, I actually talked to the promoter today, even. So, you know, no hard feelings there. You know, I've got no no ill will towards those guys. Just one of those things. Life happens, you know. I understand completely. I understand completely. So, but well, yeah, we're trying to get some other things going, and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, and we want to talk about those other things. I want to first let everybody know a little bit of background on you, and I'd like to know how long you've been a wrestling fan. i got a pretty good idea because we've talked, but how long have you been a wrestling fan? Oh, gosh, I, I don't have that many fingers and toes, and I can't count that high without taking my shoes off. So <laughs> it's, it's, been, a, it's been, been, been a long, long time. You know, it's funny. I think, uh, I think a lot of people say, well, you know, I've been a fan for 20 years or however long, but, I mean, I can honestly sit here and tell you I remember the first time I ever watched wrestling. And uh, my, my grandmother, of all people, is the one that got me hooked on wrestling. You know, you think it'd be your grandpa or your uncle or your dad, but it was my grandmother. And uh, I guess I was in about second grade, and I remember, you know, one of the 5,000 matches that the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express had. And <laughs> I remember pulling for the Midnight Express. And, and she told me, she said, no, 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 we don't pull for them. We don't pull for them. They're the bad guys. <laughs> and, and I remember that like it was yesterday. And I guess you could say I was hooked ever since. <laughs> that, that's that's awesome because my great-grandmother watched wrestling in the 60s when it would come on. And so it's a family thing, and I'm, it, it seems like that it is for you. It's just, that's just the way it is. It gets passed down from generation to generation. And, and yes, she should have told you, you should not pull for the Midnight Express. You pull for the Rock and Roll Express. Hey, right? hold on a minute but now. She- Right. You know, it, it's funny. I look back now, and really, other than the Rock and Roll Express, I guess you could say, and then the popular guys like Sting, I've always pulled for the bad guys. I pulled for the skyscrapers when they fought the Road Warriors, which, you know, was a cardinal sin when that happened. And, you <laughs> yes, know, I was always a cardinal for the, sin. Yeah. <laughs> I always pulled for the bad guys. And, just, and my son, who's 11, who goes to the show with me, that's the only 11-year-old child I know that's not a John Cena fan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So and he'll, well, tell, he'll tell you quick. He, he don't like him. Yeah, exactly. Raising him right. That that's that is hilarious. 
Um, well, let me ask you this. What made you want to take the leap from being a wrestling fan to being um, a performer? Not necessarily an in-ring performer, but, you know, being an announcer. You know, you are kind of like <clears throat> the uh, Bobby Heenan Jesse Ventura to, oh, what's that guy's name? Y'all say it all the time, and I can't remember it. Beats me. You tell me. <laughs> no, 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 no. The guy, the guy that's with you guys all the time, we were yelling at in Roanoke. Oh, Matt Mahoney. Matt Mahoney, Matt Mahoney. yes. <laughs> I can think of his yeah, name. Yeah, that's him. But, um... So what made you want to, you know, think, oh, well, I I think I want to give this a try? You know, I'll tell you, I started back to college at a very old age, I guess you say. I went back to college at 31 years old a few years ago, and actually I'm back in school now to get my master's from Full Sail. And uh, I started there, and I was like, you know what? I, I said, I can do something with this. And, and everybody, you know, and I told guys, you know, in the locker room, told people that I know, you know, those guys are out there in their characters. That's what they are. They're supposed to be these larger-than-life characters to us and give us an escape. Well, I can't draw that line with me. The smart mouth you hear on my commentary, that's Tim Cole. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> that's me. And pretty much, I, I, I fell into it. I started doing uh, uh, film work for HCWA and, you know, great opportunity there and just kind of fell into the commentary thing. And me and Mahoney, we've known each other, gosh, I guess 20 years or more. And we just kind of fell into it together. And, I mean, everybody talks about how we feed off of each other. And for you to mention my name with Bobby Heenan and Jesse Ventura, you talk about a humble fella right now. That's that's definitely me. But we just kind of fell into it. Well, you know, I sat with you and a couple of others at, at that um, train wreck of a show in Salem. And... Um, <laughs> That's putting you guys were hot. <laughs> the, just, you know, folks, if you've heard me talk about uh, going to Star City Wrestle Fest, uh, I think that was back in April, something like that. Um, the best part about it was meeting all the legends at, at beforehand because the wrestling was like, it made $5 wrestling look like WrestleMania. I'm not kidding you. It was it was absolutely horrible. You, and you... <laughs> go ahead. I'm gonna tell you as far as that goes, I, I've had better matches in my backyard with my dog. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. And, and you're laughing, but I'm gonna tell you that's one mean weenie dog I've got in the backyard. <laughs> but I mean that <laughs> that was that was horrible to say the least. Yeah. But anyway, I'm and sorry. I, guys, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, you no, you don't. No need to apologize to me. Uh, you guys were the most entertaining thing about the whole show because it was just, it was just, it was god awful. And I'll have to think twice about going up to Salem again uh, to watch that mess. And they're, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're coming to Blacksburg in a couple of months to do a TV taping. I'll stay at the house. <laughs> don't want to mention the Blackbird. I don't know. Be, no, it wouldn't be worth my gas money, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, he's just going, hmm, but uh, see, he didn't experience like we did. 
No. <laughs> That's the show, and I have to apologize to the bravados because um, Bob had made a, a, a comment about wrestling in pink argyle tights. Well, about two weeks ago, I saw pictures of the bravados wrestling in pink argyle tights. So, Lance and Carlos, we're, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> It, yeah. Well, you know, I think anyway. one, I think one of the most the horrible experience for me there was, I mean, like I said, I've got my son with me, and and I can heal it up just as good as anybody. But when you've got this guy that's right. six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds, little bitty fellow like that, cussing me in front of my son—that's what upset me. Hmm. You know, yeah, I remember was, that. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, told me to yeah, bring my blade and money out back. He, he, he almost wore a chair home as a hat that night. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's that ridiculous. Unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very, uh, yeah, I remember you were pretty hot under the collar about that, yeah, and I, just, I can't, can't can't say I blame you. Um, well, you know, let's talk about your new promotion and uh, this show that you've got coming up in September. Correct? Yes, ma'am. We're still ironing out some details, but that's what we're shooting for. Uh, okay. It's um, me and three other guys. I just keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You go. You go right ahead. You three, you and three other guys. And do you? I know we've talked about it a little bit. Do you have a venue? Do you have a date yet? Uh, all of that right now is still in the works. We're nailing down some stuff. We've actually got some talent booked. So I guess we need somewhere to wrestle. I guess we could set it up in the backyard and. Let, let my weenie dog rip the matches, but I don't, I don't really know what we're going to do there yet. Right now, we're still hiring out some things, but it's called Outlaw Wrestling. And what we want to do, you know, between me and my three co-promoters, we want to bring the fun back to wrestling. You know, I think that's where it's lost a lot of it, for even as fans, for the wrestlers, for the, the referees, for everybody. It's not fun anymore. You know, like we mentioned about that, like you said, that train wreck in Salem. You know, we want to bring it back. I remember going and having fun. Well, I seen you at the PWX show. I left with a smile on my face that night. You know, right. it reminded yeah. me what it was like to be that a wrestling was... fan. Exactly. That's and, why I love PWX. And that's what we want to bring back. That's what we, we're trying to bring back. Tim, do you got kind of like a home? Do you have like a home base where you're going to operate out of, or a, a particular town, or something like that that we could keep an eye out for? Not really. Right now, we're looking at several other places. We've got connections all the way up into West Virginia, so mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where all we're going to be running. We do want to travel some, you know, because obviously the more people you can get in front of, the better. And, you know, to bring that quality product to the, to these people and, like I said, let people leave with a smile on their face. That's right. that's our biggest thing right now. Most so, certainly. But and, all, four, uh, all four of the promoters, we're based out of, out of Martin, well, around Martinsville, Virginia, right in Henry County. All of us live right there in that area. So, you know, you may see us pop up in Martinsville before it's over with. I am very familiar with Henry County. It's just a couple of counties over from where I live. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's nothing in Henry County. <laughs> well, there's nothing in Grayson either. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> Except maybe some wrestling, right? There you go. There you go. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys. Go ahead. 
Well, of course. <clears throat> Always trying to help out, you know, uh, indie promotions um, anytime that, you know, that we can promote anything you've got going on. You you know how to get in touch with me. would be more than happy to do it. Um, yeah. Who would you like to bring in for this new promotion? I mean, like, you know, let's just say that, you know, guys, like, money wouldn't be any option. Who would you like to get in? Or, or you know, just... If money was an option, who would you like to get in? John Cena and let my weenie dog beat him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, we've talked think... to a lot of people. We've actually we've actually talked with the bravados, you know, uh, some contractual right. things there. It didn't work out to where they can be at our first show. Uh, but, you know, we've talked with them. We've talked with uh, – actually, to be honest with you, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. We've actually talked to the bravados about being the go-between uh, for the Briscoes and maybe even trying to get those guys now, which, oh, my gosh. You know, I don't, I don't get starstruck often, but I believe I would totally freak out if Martin J. Briscoe came to wrestle for outlaw wrestling. But, you know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we can catch you in front row, right? That's right. I'll be right there in the front row. <laughs> But, you know, we, we've talked to some, some different people. Uh, we've got, like I said, we've actually got some guys actually coming down for West, from West Virginia for our first show, if we can get a venue. Uh, just, you know, we want to really showcase, you know, it's one of those things just starting, you've got to have a name on the card somewhere to draw. And right. I hate right. things that way. I really do. But, you know, that's just that's the nature of the beast, as they say. But, you know, you you bring that name in, you get these guys, these people in to see these guys, and you see, they see what we've got, and then the next show, They've done told 10 of their buddies, and they've bought friends with them. So that's what we're trying to do. Awesome. That's what happened. That's why you guys came to PWX, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because I wouldn't shut up about it. (laughs) Salem. Well, that's that's a good thing. Well, um, you know, speaking of um, your new promotion, let's talk about this ring you and I talked a little bit about. Uh, tell me, tell me a little about this ring that you got. The ring that we have, I'm gonna tell you, to stand in this thing is like standing in the middle of. I'm a Redskins fan, so it'd be like standing in the middle of RFK Stadium. I'm not talking about FedEx Field. I'm talking about RFK Stadium where all the history took place. Uh, standing in this ring, this ring was actually purchased by one of our co-promoters, and it was purchased from Magnum TA. So, to me, that's a big deal. This is an old NWA ring, and everybody goes, oh, it's probably old and rusty, but I'm going to tell you, the, the history that's inside that ring, when you stand in it, it's like, wow. You know, Rick Flair's wrestling this ring. The Road Warriors have wrestled this ring. It's just, when you think about it, it you almost don't want to move. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. You don't want to damage it or anything. You know, that's like sacred. Right. So, but, yeah, he's had it for several years. And uh, he's actually had run a promotion before with this ring, but we're going to use it and hopefully pack some armories out, pack some high school gyms out, maybe even have 50 or 60 people in my backyard. Hey, that sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, but uh, you, yeah, uh, we're looking to get this thing off the ground and, and, and doing it right. Well, well, awesome. Hopefully maybe you'll come over... Uh, a little bit toward my way, because uh, we've got plenty of high school gyms, and, and I think we've even got an armory in Galax, so 
you know. And you got a big backyard. I got a big backyard. Heck yeah, come on to my house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, look, guys, well, I really, really I hate to cut this short, but I've, I've got to get my butt to work. This, this, this man. No problem. Eyeballing me. So. Okay. But uh, maybe we can do this again when I got a little bit more time. And look, guys, I appreciate everything you've done for us and everything you're going to do, and appreciate you having me on. All right, Tim. No problem, Tim. Thank you very much, sir. And we will. Yes, sir. We'll be in touch. Y'all have a good one. All right. You too. You too. Right, bye bye. There goes Tim. He had to get back to work. He can't stop the working man. So we'll have to keep out, uh, keep our eyes out for posts on Outlaw Wrestling. Tim's a, a stand-up guy, and uh, expect some pretty cool things from them coming up in the future for sure. And he is really one of a kind. He, he just really is. And uh, he and um, oh, Matt Mahoney had great chemistry on the the um, YouTube videos they put out. So I'm really looking forward to what they're going to be doing in Outlaw Wrestling because he will have probably no filter whatsoever. So it, it should be really good. And, you know, we can get him a little later to record a bump. You know? Yeah, that's not a problem. I wasn't going to hold him up to, you know. Yeah. Don't want him, don't want him getting in any type of trouble because he's sitting around talking on our show about indie wrestling. Um and the folks, his work is still up on YouTube. Uh, even though he's no longer affiliated with Heritage Championship Wrestling, you can uh, you can put that in for YouTube, and you can see uh, some of the call-in shows and some of the shows that uh, that he helped host. And uh, pretty funny guy. And what, like what Laura was saying, he's uh, he, he he's pretty good with some stuff. So uh, we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll definitely get him back on on the show. And folks, right now we wanted to talk a little bit about TNA. You know, Laura and I really don't cover a lot of TNA. Uh, there are a couple of things that we've mentioned here and there in passing. Like earlier, we talked about Velvet Sky, and, and in the past, we've talked about the AJ Styles deal, so on and so forth. Earlier this week, it was reported by TMZ uh, that talks, negotiations had broken down between TNA and Spike TV. A lot of people knew that this was contract was coming up to an end, and you know, normally I, you know, I I don't we don't go into great depth about anything, but I, I felt and Laura felt that this was important enough to mention this uh, to mention this on the air. Um, I have two people that I know that are uh, really good friends with folks that work in TNA are are uh, in with friends in the TNA offices, and I know people are going to say. Well, if they're such good friends, why don't you say their name on air if you're going to talk about anything? That's not how it works with me. If something's told to me in confidence, and I asked if I could use this information, and I was told yes, um, I'm simply going to tell it to you the way that it was told to me. And this is by two different people. One of these people was in the actual meeting between TNA and Spike during the contract negotiations. Basically, the bottom line is this, folks. Spike is not going to renew TNA's television contract, and the reasons are there are a couple of reasons, and I'm going to share them with you. The first one is that Spike has been putting a large amount of money into the company, and they do not have any confidence in the current TNA management being held under by Dixie Carter. Um, From a business standpoint, it makes complete sense because, 
and I've said this before, the double episode of Cops that runs before Impact comes on air at points in time within the last year have drawn a higher viewership than what TNA Impact has. And Cops has been in syndication forever. I can't tell you when Cops stopped filming live episodes or putting out new new material. It's been a number of years. All these are syndicated shows. Uh, and it's drawing better than what some of the ratings are. Uh, I have definitely been told that there will be no contract renewal. Uh, TNA is just going to have to accept it, and I have been told that there uh, is no current communication between TNA and Spike TV. I'm also told that Bob Carter's patience is on really thin ice um, because what, what, what part of this is is that TNA had the opportunity a few months ago to sell the company and passed on it because Bob Carter's stipulation was that Dixie Carter must remain in executive position and that she almost and she has to be has to stay as an on air performer with TNA. And that killed the deal. So, you know, it's one of these situations, you know, and everybody's gonna be like you know, and I and I said this several months ago when people, you know, was asking me about Spike T V or Spike and and TNA, and I told fans then, just like I'm telling you now, the only reason that TNA, that what will cause the downfall of TNA, is if they lose their deal with Spike. Now, all of this being said, I have been told that there is a slim chance that Spike may offer to buy TNA, kind of like what they did with the Bellator deal, and run the promotion themselves. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So I know that they have enough TV in the can to go. I believe the contract officially expires in October, but the deal needed to be, you know, the deal needed to get done now for all the legalities and so on and so forth. It is my opinion that Spike will not renew with TNA, and it's also my opinion that with TNA off of the air, this will hurt wrestling. This is not going to help wrestling. Fans want to, you know, carry on and say, oh, I'm glad TNA's gone. It was crap wrestling, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. Without any type of competition, the only thing that suffers is the wrestling industry itself. You're exactly right. So you know, that's, what I, that's what I know about TNA. Well, what I know is that what, to go on from what you were saying, one of the reasons that the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars were so good is because WCW and WWF were head to head. They had to outdo one another. Right. Without any kind of you know competition, if you think WWE is shitty now, you just wait. <laughs> It, it, it could get worse, you know. Um, and um, I uh, am friends with Adam Pierce on Facebook, and he does if you can, Scrap Daddy Iron uh, Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce, um, who was is former NWA champion, um, legendary feud with Colt Cabana. If you don't know who Adam Pierce is, go Google him. He mm-hmm. does 
fan Q&A every once in a while. He'll do one every Monday, and I'll try to catch it. And I've asked him, like, really serious questions. I've asked him really um, stupid questions, and he's always answered. God bless him. So I asked him Monday uh, what were his thoughts on TNA losing their TV deal, and this is what he said. Huge, in all capital letters, blow to wrestling in general if it comes to pass. Less places for guys to work and make, quote, decent, unquote, money means a trickle-down in like and kind, and that in, is no way a good thing for wrestling. I agree with him 100%. I agree with him 100%. You know, at one point in time, and we've talked to somebody that way back when we talked to Larry Zabisco, who worked with TNA, and at one point right. in time, one point in time, Larry Zabisco felt that TNA had everything in place to make a solid run as the number two competitor against the WWE. And there have been several times that they have had the people in place and have had the talent in place to do this, and it has never came to fruition simply because of one thing, mismanagement. It has nothing to do yeah. with the in-ring talent that is at TNA, it has everything to do with the office and whom the office decides to put in charge. This goes back to uh, an interview that I heard with A.J. Styles less than a week ago. You know, they kind of alluded to it then, you know, that, that there were things brewing and they needed to get a deal done and people didn't seem like they wanted to get a deal done. A.J. Styles, in his own words, quote, unquote, said, at times, I had no idea of who was in charge. You know, and that's coming like from WCW the guy that the was end. the face of the company. Yeah, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, so, unacceptable. you know, <clears throat> it's, a, it, it's a blow if it all comes to pass, which I believe it will. I, I, I honestly, I, I believe the information that I was given yeah. is, is credible, and I believe, it, I believe the people that told it to me, they have no vested interest in TNA other than they would actually want it to succeed only for the simple fact that there would be an alternative on television. Now, the real right. question and is... I, go ahead, War. I was going to say, I don't think Ring of Honor is up to that yet. That's where, that's where I'm kind of going. That's my next question, and I'll, you can put this out on Twitter. If this all does come to pass the way that some feel and I feel it will, Will Sinclair Broadcasting pull the trigger and take advantage of a huge market opportunity by taking Ring of Honor and getting them on national television? That's my question. I mean, you've got to strike while the iron's hot, and I don't know of an iron that's any hotter right now. So Exactly. You can, uh, I mean, you, they had great success um, with the pay-per-view that they had, uh, I, it's the time is right for them to go. It's, it's time for them to, if they're going to step up to the plate and say we are an, a viable op- alternative to WWE, the time mm-hmm. is now to do right. that. You've got WWE only with half the viewership that they need or what they estimated You've got TNA over here on the ropes, you know, look you know, about ready to throw in the towel. Why not? 
I, to me, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. But I'm I'm not in charge of the I'm not in charge of the checkbook. So. No, no, and I I really am. I hate the fact that there are very talented people who have put their blood, sweat, and tears and carried that company on their backs. People like Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and James Storm and Eric Young who were there when I first started watching TNA. And they put their faith in the company. And I know it's not the same company. You know, it's not run by the same people. But I feel sorry for people like that. I feel sorry for people like... Eddie Edwards and Davy Richards, who have burned their bridges, mm. and that was the only place they had to go. What do they do now? You know, and we'll in, and in wrestling, I I know you can never say never, but they right. have to be thinking, oh my God, what do I do now? Well, and, and and I've had some people that have messaged me and asked me, well, if this is true, why is it that that TNA would continue to sign wrestlers to contracts? I don't know. They didn't stop making Twinkies. Twinkies didn't stop rolling down the line until the day they filed for bankruptcy for Hostess. You carry on as business as usual. You're not going to sit there and tell the entire locker room, well, you know what, we may not get another TV deal, so we're going to hold off on signing you. Because if they end up going off of TV, you know, it's possible another network could pick them up. But there are a lot of yeah, ifs, ands, and wins. And... Exactly. There, there, there are a lot of things, I, you know. Just because they may not, or might not be on Spike doesn't mean that they might not end up someplace else. Right. And the wild card to all of this is Jeff Jarrett sitting in the background with Global Wrestle Force. Yep. Salivating, I'm sure. There's a lot of ifs, and this is a bigger story than what than 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 what we can cover all here in in ten or fifteen minutes. But wanted to pass that on to you. I want to see who this is, Laura. Hold on a second. Okay. 704, you're on with live from the Armory. Hey, brother. What are you doing? Hey! Listen to y'all talk. Yeah, that's all. That's what we do. We just slap our gums. We were getting hey, ready to man, talk about it's, you. It's, it's, it's a viable subject there. That, that's, you know, pretty deep conversation. Yeah. But we, were, we were about ready to get a lot deeper and start talking about you. Well... That, that might be a short subject. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Folks joining us on the phone, if you don't recognize the voice, Hardcore Terry F. in Houston of multiple promotion fame now. Can't just pin him down to one Got promotion. Got golden Mr. T. That's right. He's carrying around more gold than two chains. <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. I hear you, That's brother. Right. I hear you. Both Laura and I watched... LWX's Invasion of the Ubermension this past weekend live on iPay-Per-View from WWNLive.com. And we both watched the show, and I'd I'd put out, and and you and I have talked, and we don't keep any secrets here. You and I have talked, and and, uh, I know that Laura had a few comments. My overall overall impression of the show was that I was highly entertained, there were some things in there that I could have done without. There were some things in there that were really tremendous. I thought that your match was uh, was off the chain. If folks don't don't know what we're talking about, um, a lot of these matches that were on the LWX card were death matches. 
uh, and deathmatch wrestling has its own particular fan base and it has its own niche. And if you're not a fan of it, you're not a fan of it. But if you are, then you know what I'm talking about. A lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, I really enjoyed Big Donnie, Little Donnie, Pork Chop Cash's match. I know Laura's going to mention Cliff. a little bit something about yeah, little Cliff Compton showing up in Jasper, Tennessee. Former show guest Cliff Compton showing up, uh, and I'm sure that we haven't seen the last of uh, Cliff Compton and Big Donnie. And I also wanted to uh, I also wanted to mention another young man's name because I would be highly remiss if I didn't, and that would be one Colt 45, whom you're very familiar with. Um, after watching Colt's match, you know I could be very critical, you know and and be like, you know, the executive vice president in charge of talent relations and say, you know, Colt's too small. He's too skinny. He needs to work on his upper body. He needs to gain weight, blah, blah, blah. I could do all of that. Or I could simply tell you this. Colt 45, in my opinion, is the future of deathmatch wrestling in the area of North Carolina, West Virginia, Tennessee, that particular area. Because what he is willing to do uh, defies logic. And that's what you have to do in deathmatch wrestling. You have to defy logic of what you're willing to be able to go through. Am I wrong, Terry? And, and I've, I've told you before when you've asked me, you know, it, it's, it's all mind over matter. And if you don't mind, it don't matter. I hear you, boss. <laughs> I hear you. And so, that, that kid... It, it don't matter the size of anything other than what's pounded in his chest, man. You're right. You're right. Exactly. You're right. So if you do not know who Colt 45 is, I highly suggest you get on YouTube. He's, a couple of his matches are up on YouTube. I suggest you check him out. For those of you that are going to be critical of me and say, boy, that's a big, that's a big claim to put on somebody, this kid is young. He is only going to get better. As time goes on, he has huge upside, huge potential. You know, the problem with deathmatch wrestling is is that there's always that bar and there's always a question of longevity. You know, he's going to have to learn how to pace himself and know when to say when and know what, what matches, you know, take higher priority over other matches. But I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, kid has a brilliant future in front of him in deathmatch wrestling. Um. I didn't see it really live until I went back and watched uh, the actual uh, taping of it there the other day. Yeah. Um, I didn't know until I seen it that um, Spider and Brian Woods both come out at the end at the end of his match and and picked him up and and you know mm-hmm. yep. patted him on the back. And right. if 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 you know either one of them to you know, those, those two are the, the best of the best in the Southeast when it comes to deathmatch wrestling. And if you can impress some guys good enough for them to come out and pick you up, you've done did something. That is true. That is true. Laura, what did you think about Cliff Compton and Big Donnie at the end of their match? Well, I was thinking, damn it, why didn't I go? But anyway, <laughs> um, I, um, I was thinking that, there's going to be more to this and that, uh, you know, Cliff did a number on Donnie, but we all know Donnie, and you don't you don't get to put over something like that on Donnie but one time. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's retribution coming for Mr. Cliff Compton, and I think <laughs> Jake Manning, uh, <clears throat> $5 wrestling, Sarah <laughs> Compton, too. Um, we need to get this thing booked. <laughs> Not <laughs> <out of> here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It uh, was, uh, you know, all in all, uh, I paid nine ninety nine for the live stream and the video on demand. Uh, I was entertained for nine ninety nine, and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Like I said, there was some stuff in there I could do without. There was some stuff that was okay, and there was some stuff that was really good. And that's usually the way that I've I find need with any wrestling. You know, is it for everybody? No, it's not for everybody. You know, but what it is is that it's an it's an escape from reality. It's a suspension of belief. That's what wrestling is supposed to do, suspend belief. So my hat's off to you. How are you feeling? You in good shape? Uh, yeah, man. Um, all but the back of my head, that that ball, the freak show put me through there on the floor. It it kind of whacked the back of my head, and I seen the twirly birds there for a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did want to mention that there are a couple of spots that I saw uh, – when they would shoot over towards Cliff, I believe that I saw Crystal standing beside a cliff. Yep, Crystal. Yep, I was so jealous of her. She had a mean look on her face. I thought she was going to pop him. She learned that from me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she did. I hear you. I hear you. Brother, we are going to roll on. We're getting ready to bring our other guest on, but I'm glad that you called in. Hey, buddy, no problem, man. I just, you know, wanted to call in and then put cold over and, you know, see see y'all's thoughts on it and see what it looked like while we were there doing it live, you know, because we, we had a feed in the back to watch it, but, you know, you just you can't get the same feel as you can when, when you're watching it live and, and hearing the crowd pop and everything else, you know. Yep, I understand right. completely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank uh, Trevin Adams, uh, from WWN for answering some of the questions that I had online about the uh, how, how WWN works and the video on demand and all that other stuff. So, Trevin, I, I certainly appreciate all your help with uh, with the uh, download on that. So, all right, boss, we're gonna we're gonna roll along. All right, y'all y'all take care, and I'll I'll shoot y'all some more dates when I get back active again. I got a little while off, and I'm gonna enjoy it and. Take time with Crystal and take time with the kids and enjoy being healthy for once. <laughs> I hear you, boss. I hear you. Sounds good. I appreciate you calling. Anytime, man. Anytime. Y'all, y'all have a good right. evening and I'm going to stay tuned. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. There goes Terry. All right, Laura, if you want to cover for me, I know that you wanted to talk about, uh, about PWX and I'm going to get our next guest on the line. Yes, PWX has a show in August. It is, gosh, I had everything but the date. Doesn't that usually work out that way? It is August 23rd at the National Guard Armory in Hickory, North Carolina. If you're familiar with Milestone, it's the same venue that they run. Um, It is called... um, Dawn of a New Era, I believe, and they're um, promoting some faction named the Circus. Now, thanks to Mr. Sleeve, um, I know who the Circus was. 
I'm not sure who the circus is going to be. The circus was in a promotion called Evo. And it consisted of three people, and one person I'm not sure of. The other two were Cedric Alexander and Marcellus King. Has our PWX champion turned heel? Not Cedric Alexander, but no, he has just, a sinister look. He's just stating facts. He's just stating facts. Who, who's stating facts? Cedric. I didn't even say anything that Cedric said. You didn't. I thought that's what you said. What did you? What were you saying? Oh, you saw Lord. a video, didn't you? What? What were you talking about? I saw about? a video. Yeah, and uh, it was just the talking. circus. Yeah, the circus yeah, was coming to town. Talking... Oh, Lordy, somebody. Remember what I've always told you, Laura. If you're ever at the circus the and there's a fire that breaks Beep. out, and you're expecting the clowns running around with bucket of confetti trying to help put it out that you may be in trouble. That's right. I wonder who I wonder who the clowns in PWX will be. I got a pretty good idea. Think about that one. All right, folks. As promised, as booked, as billed, as as put out on the on the sign out front of the armory tonight, we want to uh welcome to the show Mosi Camus who is joining us. Mosi, are you there? I'm here, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How are you tonight? I'm doing all right. Got a, a full good. belly. I'm rested from yesterday's workout. It was pretty strenuous. So uh, I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Uh, joining me on the on the phone on the other end of the line is uh, Laura. Laura, you know Mosey, right? Oh, yeah, I know Mosey. Hey, Mosey. How's it going, Laura? Oh, it's going pretty good. How about you? All right. Well, Folks, like I said, uh, I, got, I got the full belly going, so all is good. <laughs> Folks, if uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, with us in the studio on phone is uh, Mosey Camus, independent wrestler, our studio number is 213-816-1605. Mosey, I want to thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. I certainly appreciate it. No, thank you. Um, I watched some tape on you uh, versus Zane Riley, and uh, I, to be honest with you, I was not familiar with you. You're a pretty big dude. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big, not for wrestling, but I'm, I'm big. Uh, if I stand next to a normal person, I'm pretty big. Right. Well, I'm I'm a normal person, so to me, you're pretty big. <laughs> Do you think wrestling has passed the stereotypical um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like bodybuilder physique that maybe uh, people are familiar with in the past? Because now we're starting to see, especially on the independent scene, wrestlers of all shapes and sizes, big, tall. We were just talking about a young man, Colt 45, smaller, skinnier fellow. Lights well, out wrestler. I think, the, I think on the indie scene, um, just because of the sheer number of wrestlers, you're always going to have that that variety in terms of, of the physical the physical body types. You're going to get the small guys, you're going to get the bigger guys. Um, and I think in terms of mainstream wrestling, um, they're starting to get away from the bodybuilders, but they're not getting away from from the athletic guys. You know, I'm not saying right. that they shouldn't. I mean, because once you get in the ring, you find out you have to be athletic no matter what you look like. So even back in the day when guys like uh, Earthquake and Cugboat were tagging, they were still moving. They were still doing work. They were still they were still doing their thing in the ring. Uh, 
So right. um, I just think that as a, it's not even a wrestling thing. I think it's a, a society thing. We started to, I mean, it, it goes not just for wrestling, but, I mean, if you think about the way some of those guys got those physiques, um, back when, when Vince had the trial in New York and admitted that, you know, uh, guys were, he was trying to avoid the whole steroid thing. And he had that right. thing. But as a society, if you look how we treat athletes who use performance enhancers now, I mean, they're, they're kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's frowned upon. And in, in, in the most severe way, and so, I mean, that's why guys aren't getting into the Hall of Fame in baseball and things like that. So it's really right. a, a societal change. We're, we're looking for the better athletes. The heavyweight, for instance, like let's say boxing, the heavyweight champion of the world used to be the most famous guy. He used to be the boxer, right? He used to, that, it was always about the biggest guy. And it's not anymore. Now it's about the best guy. So Fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, I see a transition where it's about it's about the talent, it's about the guys that are are are, are doing the best, not the guys that necessarily are the most ripped and shredded and huge anymore. Now, who right now in wrestling do you like to watch wrestle? Ooh, right now, um, well, he's inactive right now, but but Mark Henry has about the the last. The last few years of Mark Henry has been pretty great for me. Um, just because I, I think he is the way a big man should work. Um, and when they finally, when the WWE finally started pushing him as as a monster, it was it was beautiful. It was it was one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen. Um, yeah. So so Mark Henry, is, is, even though he's inactive right now, is, is one of my favorites. Well, I said I've told Laura I felt the last program that Mark Henry worked with John Cena, uh, where he came out and gave his quote unquote retirement speech and cried in the ring and mm-hmm. all that, and then you know dropped Cena. I thought that program was cut way too short, and that oh yeah that that had mileage on, written all over it. But we all know how that worked out. That's another story. Um, oh yeah, they they do that. They do that a little bit more in the business. I, I see nowadays where they just they give you the short program. They don't give you the long program anymore. Right. Thinking of that, or or leading right into that, do you think fans overthink wrestling? Oh uh, no, I don't think they overthink it at all. Even even the guys that 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 you that people want to call smart. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. I would actually go online and just anonymously view message boards and things like that because even though somebody's on the other side, it doesn't mean that their thoughts about something are invalid. You never know where good ideas come from. So, um, but I don't think they overthink it. Actually, I think that a lot of times companies and promoters don't give the wrestling fan enough credit and they, they, I feel like some gimmicks get dumbed down or uh, they're just made. I don't know. I just I just feel like they're, they're made to be too simple sometimes. Okay. Interesting. 
Well, you know, the first time I ever heard of you was when you wrestled Zane and Milestone. And for fans that uh, aren't familiar with your uh, background, give us a little background on on you, your wrestling career, and, you know, and what have you. Um, well, I when I first uh, came into the business, I was uh, I was I was an accidental wrestler. Um, I, I didn't I wasn't a huge fan. Um, I had a couple of friends that were really huge fans, and uh, like one, my best friend, his, his favorite wrestler was uh, Sapu. And he would get every his mom. I should say his mom. His mom would get every pay per view. So to me, it was an opportunity to hang out with my friends and watch wrestling. You know, it's like all right, it's on. All my friends are here. Why not hang out with my friends? And I grew up in a household where I, was, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch. Um, I mean, even in terms of cartoons, I was very limited in what I could watch. So I had it programmed in my head that. Wrestling is fake. So that would be me sitting over there, and I'd be the I'd be the guy going, "Man, this stuff is fake. I can't believe you guys watch this." As I'm sitting there watching it and secretly enjoying it as much as everybody else. <laughs> um, so in my um, my late teens, early twenties, I was a bouncer. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a I'm a bigger than average guy, and it it you know it's useful. I got paid to be big. Um, and I moved to Cincinnati, and my girlfriend at the time, on one Saturday night, she was like, well, what do you want to do tonight? I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, you ever been to a wrestling show? I said, no, and, and I'll, I'll try anything once. I'll try anything once. I was like, all right, well, let's go. So we went to this place called Hills Palace in Erlinger, Kentucky, and um, the Northern Wrestling Federation was running a show. And uh, I'm... You guys may not be familiar with the name Northern Wrestling Federation, but um, Abyss was there at the time, wrestling as Prince Justice. Wow. And uh, Wildcat Chris Harris was there. Um, mm-hmm. This is also a pro- yeah. This is also a promotion where um, Chad Allegra, who is now known as Machine Gun Carl Anderson, came out of this right. promotion. Oh. So, I mean, um, Roger Russell runs his promotion, and I'm at this show, and I have the thought that always gets me in trouble. So the single thought always gets me in trouble. I find myself going, <laughs> I can do that. Intermission comes, they make an announcement for their wrestling school, and I go, oh, great. I could do this. All right. I show up. I pay my money, and I'm thinking I'm going to go in. I'm going to train, I'm going to call home, and I'm going to tell everybody, hey, guess what I'm doing? I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler, right? <laughs> and um, Chris Parks, who plays who uh, played at this, sat us all down, there were about eight of us, and had this look in his eye. I could tell how serious he was. And he and he was telling us how serious, how, how much wrestling meant to him and how important it was to many other people who were in the business and that if we weren't there to take it seriously, then we needed to go. And he didn't say it in such nice words. Uh, he used a lot of colorful language. But <laughs> I, got, I got the message, and I had practiced martial arts before, and I, I viewed it the same way, which is that I'm there to learn. So I kept my mouth shut, and I trained. And I didn't call, 
I didn't tell anybody. And uh, after about after about a good eight months of training, I moved on to doing battle royals. And uh, eventually, I had my first singles match um, about a year in. And and I, that's it's funny because I, when I think about it now, I don't hear a lot about guys who are it takes that long for them to get to to work a singles match on a show. And I had hmm. to, I had to bust my ass for a very long time. So um, from there, I actually left from Cincinnati and I moved to Southern California to San Diego, and uh, that was quite the experience as well because I ended up in. Um, training out of UPW, Ultimate Pro Wrestling School, which, um, again, spawned a lot of um, a lot of famous guys. Um, I know Joe used to work out there sometimes. Um, the hardcore kid, Aaron Aguilera, uh, I think he was, what was, what was his gimmick in the WWE? It was like Casey something around there. Um, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, John Cena came out of there. Um, a lot of the PWG guys were there. I mean, some of, it was amazing the amount of talent that I was around in in, in SoCal, and it was also amazing. You know, like like B Boy, um, it was just it was just it was it really was crazy, um, and that was about the time that my, my, my friends started referring to me as almost famous because I had this <laughs> knack for, for going to places that either, well, what happened is I'd go somewhere and they would lose their developmental deal or I'd leave somewhere and they'd get a developmental deal or, or all the oh. talent started getting picked up. And, um, and that's and that's what happened in in California. But again, I was just I was just happy being out there because the talent the talent pool was so deep and it was so hard to break in. Um, and then after that, I ended up back in Cincinnati for a minute, and then I worked out of Detroit. And Detroit, I was I'm from Detroit originally, born and raised in Detroit. So in terms of geography, I was really comfortable. But there, I went to. Truth Martini's wrestling school, the House of Truth, and he was—he just—it was—it was the first time in the business I think I had ever been welcomed with open arms. He, he said, "If you're a trained guy," and he, he had me come in one day and roll around with his class, and he's like, "You're a trained guy. You don't have to worry about paying. Just you can come in any time." And that was about this time that uh, he introduced me to Zach Gowan. And um, Zach Gowan and I ended up being kind of road dogs for a, a good two, three-month stretch where I just drove around the shows and I got booked in, I got booked in places uh, that I had just I'd never been booked before. So throughout the Midwest, um, we were out in Chicago, up to Toronto, I uh, started working in in Ohio, a little more than northern part of Ohio. So, um, yeah, I started I started working probably I won't say the most frequent I've ever worked, but I worked extremely frequently when I was there. Um, and then 
So I was there for a few years, and because of the economy and work, I ended up in North Carolina, and I'm still trying to um, find my way around North Carolina in terms of wrestling. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing some good things here. And Zane Zane was probably one of the first people that I really talked to here, and uh, yeah, we really connected. So. Um, he seems to have a way of, um, I don't want to say putting people over, but he does seem to have a way of helping people out because I know some other stories where, where he stepped in and, and helped people, um, you know, get get on with a certain promotion or, you know, like that match. Yeah. I believe I saw at Milestone he just didn't even have anybody to wrestle that night and you put it out on Facebook and you were like, well, hey, I'm free, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. And, and I, I think and, that's... And, uh, and after I talked to Zay and I was like, I, I either want to work with this guy in terms of, like, have a one-on-one match or I want to tag team with this guy. This guy is great. And I saw, because I saw him work at um, XWW. So I was like, oh, right. okay. All right. I like this. That and, you know... Being a big guy who wasn't afraid of wearing trunks—that that was awesome. <laughs> no, he—he's certainly not afraid of wearing trunks. That—that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you gotta applaud him. Uh, but you know, he's lost like a ton of weight as a reason. I did, I did see so, that recently. I did know so, that. Um, kudos to him. He still, even when he was bigger, could move. You know, like no big man that I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> he definitely can move. Yes, he, he certainly can. Um, and you know, speaking of um, uh, Zane, you worked Grindhouse show, and yes. um, you, you worked two. And, and unfortunately, I had to leave the first one. I did not get to see uh, you wrestle in the first one, but I did get to see you wrestle in the second one. And you wrestled uh, the person that had just called in earlier, Mr. Sleaze Eric Thompson. Yes. Um, how have you liked working the Grindhouse shows? Um, the first Grindhouse show, in terms of the length of time, was, was frustrating, but I love the concept. I love the idea. Um, I love, I've worked some shows before where you have live commentary. Um, I, I, yeah. like, I, I love that. I love mixing music with wrestling, and I've worked, I've worked some pretty unique shows. So um, Grindhouse, the Fireballs Grindhouse wasn't, um, it wasn't too off the wall for me. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 think, I think that um, I bring in a more, not that the other guys don't wrestle, but I know that they're, they're, the, the hardcore element gets played in. But um, right. I feel like, and, and I've done I've done my fair share of hardcore matches, but I feel like I can do I can get the same effect from people without it mm-hmm. if I do what I'm supposed to do. That's that's an excellent point, and and you and Sleaze had a great match, and um, I don't think he's been the same since. <laughs> um. I, didn't hit, I didn't hit him that hard. I swear. <laughs> and you didn't get the baby all off of you till like what week a week later or something like that. Uh, it was only like three days, but but that that walk through the car wash definitely helped. 
he he was greased up like a pig. I mean, he really was. He was just like slick as a ribbon. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, I wanted to ask you, did I see a picture of you wearing some sort of lion's mane? Like I said, I worked some pretty unique shows. That's actually <laughs> from one of my favorite shows. Um, when when they, um, they run a show out of Detroit, it's an offshoot of something called Theater Bazaar. It's Square Circle uh-huh. Review. Square Circle Review. And the concept of it is that it takes place literally in a carnival. It's, it's a carnival world. So we've got a faction of clowns in clown town. We've got a faction of animals, which I belong to. You know, so I'm the circus lion. We've got sideshow oddities. There's um, a guy, uh, Sal Silk, who wears he wears a black hood and and black a black long sleeve shirt and trunks but he's got the smoothest legs in the world. So that's like he's always, like, doing moves with his legs. There's a, uh, a wrestler named Invisibile, who is the, the, the world's most famous invisible playboy. Um, <laughs> that, it, 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 it's so entertaining. It's great. And then, um, um, who else? Ophidian, um, the, as a matter of fact, the Osiris Portal, um, came out, they, they, they've been to a good chunk of the Square Circle Review shows as well. And all of this happens, like I said, live commentary. So there's this guy, Mark Pants, who does this great live commentary. He's like on the ball. There's a band with a violinist, so it's a really almost, um, oh, I, it's it's, it's it's pretty intense. They match they match the pace of the wrestling match as they play hmm. the band. So you get all of this stuff going on, and and the person who runs it is a theater guy. It's his promotion. So he has this this concept and storyline that he wants to get across, and he only run it a good. Um, they, they they're on hiatus right now. But when they do run it, they run it three to four times a year. And it's brilliant because what it does is it takes non-wrestling fans and it brings them in. And mm-hmm. the, the people that come to the show, they don't come because they, they know that, you know, somebody from this wrestling promotion is going to be here. They come for the concept and they get a wrestling right. show. And everybody there is is has been well-trained, They've been in the business for a while. They've been, I mean, I've, I've traveled and worked with a lot of those guys. And, I mean, it, it's it's a solid show. It really is. And it's it was, it's probably the most fun I have as a wrestler every time I work that show. Well, heck, it sounds like fun to me. Mm-hmm. And this is in Detroit? Yeah, it takes place in, in Detroit. Um, like I said, they're on hiatus now because, like I said, it, it's it's an actual production, so it costs right. money to run it. So, right, and they got to put it together. Heck, I'd I'd take a tri- trip to Detroit to see that. Uh, that sounds like a lot is, of fun. It's totally worth it. It's to- it is it is without a doubt the most fun I've had. 
Well, you know, speaking of costumes, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of Thor being portrayed as a woman? I, I know it's not, it's not. I know it's not Thor, no, no, no. you know, per se. Well, but what do you what do you think of that in the new storyline? I think that I, it's, it's it's Marvel, so you know it's not going to last too long. Marvel <laughs> had Thor be portrayed by a, a freaking alien, so really. A woman, it doesn't matter, and uh, I think that that the whole because the whole and the whole concept in terms of the comic book is the person that turns into Thor is the person that's supposed to be worthy of lifting the hammer. So they created a character that was female that was worthy of lifting the hammer. Okay, so be it. I'm cool with that. I like it actually. I think it's funny. I've seen things on Twitter and Facebook about how up in arms people are over this. Oh, it's it's it's, yeah. it's it's not something worth getting upset over. I mean, it's not like yes, the word is an Asgardian and it's based off the Norse myth. And yes, I know people from Nordic countries have paler skin than you know, say me. But if a black Thor showed up, okay, there was an orange Thor. Beta Ray Bill is orange. <laughs> I mean, orange is a poor face, and you're really complaining about the fact that it's a woman? I mean, I don't know. There are lots of other things to complain about. Gender and race changes in characters where the gender or the race isn't important. Um, Not only that, but sometimes you just need somebody to just shake it up a little bit. Sometimes you need to, to see a True. different perspective and a different view. And, you know, I mean, it's a comic book. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. But, you know, you read comics, I read comics, and, and we comics. certainly do get uh, uh, get attached to the characters like, you know, we know them, you know. Right. Or, you know, we we refer to them by the their first names or something like that. You know, it's kind yeah, of it's, it's funny how how we get wrapped up in it. But um, you know, you talk about you know, shaking it up. It's kind of like you know sometimes wrestling needs to be sh- shaken up as well. Oh, absolutely. You know? uh, good point would be when Hogan you know turned heel. I think wrestling needed <laughs> so that at that time. So one of my friends, one of my friends, he he's um, a guy I met when I was wrestling in Southern California. And he told me about the time, and he and I met him while I was training out there in Southern California. And he told me about the time because he was a kid when it happened, and he was watching it, and he was crying. He was actually like crying <laughs> when it happened, and I couldn't help it. It was one of the funniest things I had ever heard. It was, and I had to imagine this little blonde kid watching the TV, crying, and asking his parents, why is, why is Hulk Hogan doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never, like I said, early on I wasn't, like, a huge, like, fan of wrestling. Right. And um, when I heard about it, I thought it was kind of awesome. That was my thought. I was like, wow, Hogan's a bad guy now? Really? Huh. And then I saw everybody's reaction to it, and I went, this is great. I love watching. It was it's like you, you see it on YouTube now, but it's instant. It, when you see the, the reaction videos of people now, 
that's how I, but I was having that in real life. I was watching and listening to everybody's reaction in real life, and they couldn't believe it. But, of course, they all loved it because they gave us the NWO, and we know how, we know how that got over. Mm-hmm. Like money. Like money, but yeah, they, yeah. They were they were straight up printing cash in Georgia at that point. <laughs> there was a new mint just in Atlanta. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, um, at the last Grindhouse show, you told me that you played guitar. Oh, and, well, I, I, uh, I tried. I, I made an attempt. Well. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, so you, you made an. I thought you were actually saying, you know, hey, I play guitar, but I did. I, maybe I misunderstood you. And <laughs> I also saw on your Facebook page that you were listening to Rachmaninoff. Well, yeah. So, well, what does your musical taste include? And if you attempted to play the guitar, what kind of music do you play on it? Let's see. My well, musical taste is. Mm-hmm. It's so varied. It's so it's all over the map. Like you saw, I was listening to Rachmaninoff, but I swear if I was driving down the street and the Alvin and the Chipmunks version of Witch Doctor came on, I'd sing it in an Alvin and the Chipmunks voice. Um, I listen to now, the next Grindhouse. You've got to do that for me. You got to do that for me at the next Grindhouse. I listen, but I, I listen. To, I listen to everything as long as I think it's good. I'm not going to say. I listen to everything that is good, but I listen to everything that I think is good, regardless of the genre. And, um, and that includes country. I mean, I like I like my country uh, more uh, organic, more more rootsy, oh. uh, a little a little more bluesy sometimes. But like, I hate new country. I'm I, I, I can I'm just gonna say it. I hate new country. That Nashville sound. Where everybody's gone through auto tune and you can hear it, and it's, it's just not into that. But if you give me something, just some old kick-ass dusty jeans, big hat wearing, I'll punch you in the mouth, country. I'm down with that. I'm like so down with that. I mean, it's, yeah, you know. I mean, shoot. Yeah. And, and and of course, I always have to find the black person. So I was like, hey, what's this Charlie Pride business? All right, let me try this. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and, and the way the way I see, like, uh, and it's funny because, like, a lot of black people will be like, I don't like country. I'm like, that's, that's a shame. That's a shame. You don't like country? Do you like blues? Like, yeah, I like blues. I say, well, that's all country is. It's just blues for white people. It's the same, the same type of song. <laughs> You're talking right. about the same stuff coming from the same place, and that's why I think I like it more organic because they're they're closer together the further back you go. Hmm. That's true. Good. That's a very good point. I never even thought of that. Mosey, what what's the best thing and the worst thing that you've gotten out of wrestling so far? Uh, the best thing that I've gotten out of wrestling, um. Best thing. There's been a lot of good things. Um, I think the best thing that I've gotten out of wrestling was a, a besides friends, I and mean, friends is, is, is probably the best thing. 
but more directly related to wrestling, just a better understanding of of entertainment on the whole and mm-hmm. um, what it takes to make something. Because um, I'll talk to somebody about a, a match and I'll see how just one line or one word or one move or 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 one or not doing a move, one break, um, how it makes a big difference and, and that translates to um whether it's in a film or music, um some the way you package things. Um it's just a better insight into entertainment, I think. Um and the arts. And that's the thing. Wrestling is an art but people kind of deny that. Um, the worst thing that I've gotten from wrestling, um, uh, the worst thing, um, I think the worst thing that I've gotten from wrestling, strangely enough, is at times a lack of confidence in in what, I, what I'm able to do. Um, hmm. Well, it, and and I heard I heard before from from somebody a long time ago that a lot of people who wrestle lack confidence, and I didn't. I don't think I lacked confidence. Um, I mean, I wasn't overly confident. I was okay with it, but I I mean, again, I'm a bigger guy, so I had to to learn how to deal with you know being fat in a world that was changing how they felt about um, male body types, actually. Because, you know, again, wrestling kind of helped perpetuate it where guys had to be shaven, they had to have a six-pack, and they had to have... And I was... I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude. I mean, I, I can squat... I can squat a couple of people, but, <laughs> you know, my strength wasn't necessarily apparent when I walk out and they could see me. And I, and I made the choice. I made the choice to go to trunks because... Um, and that was that was the hard part because it really affected my personal confidence. But I, I made the choice to go to trunks because I thought about all the old school guys and I thought about what what they looked like. Mm-hmm. And they, it, their body types didn't matter. They all wore trunks. They all wore trunks and boots. And I was like, I want to be a trunks and boots guy. And right. somebody turned me off of that when I when I first started. They were like, No, you shouldn't wear trunks. And so I didn't, and I wore the fat guy go-to, the singlet. And uh, eventually it broke away. I started wearing trunks. But, yeah, I mean, you have to remember that it is just a show. You know, it's just entertainment. And if they're calling you fat, fine. Make it make it work. Make it work. Whatever Whatever the fans are giving you, make it work. Because if they're giving you nothing, then that's trouble. So if they walk right. out, if I walk out and they think I'm fat and I'm hairy or I got taco meat on my chest or whatever it is, I just have to go with it. But, um, yeah, I think it also didn't help that at times I forgot about the um, the one of the earlier lessons, which is that, you know, you don't need a belt. 
um, I felt sometimes I felt unappreciated because I didn't mm-hmm. get, and I thought, and, and you know, people would say, "Hey, your work was great. This was great. I loved this," and I was never really getting pushed. As a matter of fact, I've had in my 14 years, I've had two title matches, two various types of title matches. And so it took it, 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 it in somewhere in the middle, I got a little confused and, and I was quietly hurt that I didn't get pushed that way. And then I realized somewhere near the middle was that I didn't need a belt. I, I, found, I had to find my confidence. And right. the confidence was that I didn't need a belt. The reason why I didn't get a title shot wasn't because I sucked as a wrestler. It was because I was already over. I didn't need a, a little nudge. I didn't need a push. And um, I think about back in, in Detroit when they would call my name. People knew right away. It didn't matter what kind of match it was. There was going to be, it was just going to be broadcasted. There was going to be a fight. And right. and they knew what they were getting. And that actually feels better. So, um, but again, the, the almost famous aspect of it, um, where you go somewhere and you just miss out, that, that kind of, that kind of drains you a little bit. And you go somewhere else and you just miss out. And, and even when I left from Detroit recently, um, I left Detroit because of work in my family, and mm-hmm. I, I end up here. And like I said, I like it here. It's been pretty good to me. It's been pretty cool. But as soon as I left, all of these guys that I was working with, they all started showing up on Ring of Honor. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I actually helped train TD, TD, and I—I I, I was there at the beginning. I was there at Truth Martini School. I was there every day helping out with training. So, and, and so you know, so so I see guys like that, and I'm just like, man, if I just stayed, would I have gotten a shot? And then, I, and, and but then at the same time, you kind of have to let it go. And that's what I've gotten as I've gotten older. Is that you really just kind of you move on, you know. Now that you're in the area that you're in, what do you want fans to know about you if they see your name on that card for a show? Oh, you see my name on a card. The only thing you need to know is that you are going to get a hard-hitting match, flat out. Plain and simple, it's going to hurt you to watch my match. You're going to feel, mm-hmm. I mean, when I, when I put somebody down and I lay that forearm across their back, you're going to feel it too. That, that, that's what you need to know is that I may not do a lot of fancy moves. I may not do, you know, a lot of super technical stuff. But what I'm going to give you is, is pain. I'm going to give you pain. That's what, that's what I bring. That's what I bring every time, every time I'm in a match. I mean, I'm not, and and that's the thing. I mean, I don't feel like the guy that wins is the guy that gets the three count. The guy that wins 
is the guy that walks out under his own power. You have, I mean, and, and that goes and that goes back to when I when I did some Muay Thai. I had a little little fight, and I fought a guy, and ah, he bruised my leg up. It was crazy, right? And we, we were in the same gym, and 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 we were buds. And the next day, I was like, all right, well, I got to keep working out. Off to the gym, and I post. I think I posted it on Facebook. And he was like, "Are you crazy? I can't walk." And I was like, "You won! You won our! You won our fight! You won the fight, right? The guy, you got, you got awarded the fight. They raised your hand at the end of our match. I'm going to work out, <laughs> even though I'm all bruised <laughs> up. And you're like, I can't even walk today. I can't get out of bed. And I'm thinking, God, that means I won. I'm, the, I'm the winner here. <laughs> That's right. I'm right. just walking today. So." But that that's that's what you need to know. I mean, I might I might throw on a suplex or two, but you better be damn sure that somebody's getting their block knocked off. Yeah. Well, see, uh, what what events do you have coming up so that if fans want to come out and see you work? Where where could they see you at? Uh, currently, um, I'm not I'm, I'm not like uh, proactively looking for booking, but. Okay. If anybody's listening to this show and they'd like to book me, please feel free to contact me. Um, if you need references, I got plenty of those. Obviously, Laura and Bob have they've seen my work, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get along with. I'm pretty easy to to work with, and uh, yeah, um, and if you do see my name on the card. Come check it out. I pro- I promise I will make it worth your time because that's my that's always my goal. My goal as a wrestler is always, always, always not to make my match worth your time, but to make the whole show worth your time. Very cool. Mostly we got a couple calls here. Let's. Uh, you feel like taking a call? Sure, I'll take a call. Let's see who we got here. Eight two eight. You're on with live from the Armory. Uh, I'm Todd. Listening to you a little bit, uh, I uh, feel the same way. That's the uh, way my style's always been. Uh, I like giving the uh, crowds their money's worth. And uh, I, when you get in there with me, I, I, you don't feel it. I, I like the style. I think you're a hell of a worker. I like seeing other guys like you in the business, like like myself. Uh, Actually, makes me right. think back to the to the old school. Yeah, cause I that's what I grew up on, and that's what I loved. And um, watching yeah, well, like us get in there and put everything I, in, you know. That yeah, I tried to keep it real old school because uh, my favorite, my absolute favorite guy is Batman's Brown. So well, I. Yeah, I try to keep it. I try to keep it very uh, brawl, old school oriented. And where I was trained, we did a lot of that, a lot of old school style stuff. We didn't have to do a lot of big moves. You just had to. The whole point is to tell a story, right? So, right. Uh, I, and to make it look like a fight. And if it doesn't look like a fight, I'm not doing my job. So thanks. Very good. I, I, I know who that was. We'll try to get back to him. That was. $5 heavyweight wrestling champion, Big Donnie, calling in. We're going to see who this other call is. Hold on here one second, Mosey. 727, right. you're on with Live from the Armory. 
Yeah, never in my wildest imagination did I think I would be calling a wrestling talk show to uh, compliment someone on their taste in music. Mosey, <laughs> you've got great taste in music. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, I have to agree with you. I think anyone that limits themselves to a particular genre in, in music is just cheating themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that way about about life in general across the board. You know, you, you've got to be uh, open to everything. It, no, no doubt. I mean, I have a CD collection that uh, has everything from... Uh, uh, punk rock of the 70s to psychedelic nice. of the 60s to uh, nice. 30s big band music. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, modern love, jazz. Oh, I love I love big band and jazz. Big band and yeah. jazz music. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, well, I, I'm a big Coltrane fan myself. Okay, uh, all right. And uh, Roland Kirk and uh, Hubert Laws and uh, Freddie Hubbard. They're, 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 they're my biggies. All right, all right. Very nice. So I just want to, as a matter of fact, you'll get a kick out of this since you, since uh, your musical taste is so wide. I was involved in the music industry in Dallas in the late 70s, and I brought the Sex Pistols into the Longhorn Ballroom. And no. uh, at the same time, I was a booking agent for a uh, Texas country artist by the name of Billy Joe Shaver. And... Uh, when we had the Sex Pistols at the Longhorn Ballroom, I showed up in blue jeans, a red cowboy shirt with pearl buttons, and uh, my boots and my Stetson hat for the Sex Pistols. And the very next night, I was at Gillies, where my artist was opening for George Jones, walking around in uh, blue jeans with holes in the knees, my Sex Pistols T-shirt, no shoes, and an earring. That's awesome. Uh, you got your days mixed up? What what happened there? What's that? I said, did you get your days mixed up? You, got, you had the, the Western wear no, no, for that's, the sex and that, That's just me. That's just me. Oh, okay. As a matter there of fact, <laughs> cross-promotional well, As a matter of fact, one of, one of the local uh, Dallas rock photographers insisted that I have my picture taken with Sid Vicious. And uh, nice. just as she took nice. the picture, he... And just as she took the picture, he stuck his tongue in my ear. So somewhere around here, I have a picture of me with Sid Vicious's tongue in my ear. That's awesome. Oh, uh, Mosey, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, uh, let's get back to wrestling here. Uh, sure. You seem to be very in tune with the uh, Detroit wrestling scene. Back in uh, the late 90s, mid to late 90s, uh, there was a a uh, black gentleman uh, who ran the NWA promotion there, and to, to the best of my recollection, recollection, his name was Malcolm. Malcolm uh, Senior. That's that him. I, I, I don't. I never got to meet Malcolm Monroe Senior. Uh, he passed away before I even showed up on the Detroit scene. But his son. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, his son CBA. runs his promotion. It's called um, XICW. It's one of my favorite places to work. Um, is he still going under the name of uh, DBA? Yes, he is. And as a matter of fact, let me tell you a little story real quick. So when I was in Detroit, I was traveling with Zach. I didn't have any bookings in Detroit. My first booking in Detroit, um, if you're a professional, you're, just, you're supposed to bring your gear wherever you go if you go to the show. No, Absolutely. Um, and I'm at the XICW show, and I'm just like, all right, well, I'll hang out 
with everybody else. I'm not booked. I'm not going to. And somebody comes out, this guy, A.T. Huck, comes out and he goes, hey, uh, mostly you have your gear to, do you have your gear with you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to work? I'm like, I'm really going to say that one. I'm like, yeah, I'll work. All right. He's like, all right, go grab your gear. I go grab my gear. I come in. It's like, all right, you're going to be in the main event tonight. I'm thinking, wait, this is the first time I've worked this show. I'm in the main event. This is crazy. He's like, you're going to work a, you're going to work a tag team deathmatch two out of three falls with DBA, Ian Rotten, and Deranged. And I, in my head, I, I'm, like, going crazy. I'm like, okay, is he joking? Is he kidding? Because I hadn't really done any hardcore matches to this point. And he's throwing me in with Ian Rotten and DBA. And uh, so, I, of course, I say, okay, like, it's no big deal. And during that match, that was one of the that was one of the, the best times I, I ever had. So at one point, DBA after the first fall, DBA and I were just on our knees in the ring in some packs with broken glass, and we're just punching each other in the ring. But we're having a nice little conversation. And he's like, "You all right, dog?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm all right, dude." And he's like, "Man, when I jumped on that barbed wire ladder after I threw it on you, I knocked out one of my teeth." I was like, "Oh." But you kicked me in the balls, and I didn't agree to this mirror being put over here, and now i got glass in my arms. And we're just punching, we're just punching the crap out of each other, just talking in the ring, like, bah, bah, bah. And we were, we were actually, like, we were actually, like, making contact. So it was just back and forth. And that was, like, that was like my first real interaction with, with DBA. And DBA, is, he's a great guy. He's all heart. He's all heart. That guy is like, and and they do the uh, the Malcolm Monroe Senior tournament every year, and yeah, I'm, I'm I, I never got to meet Sweet Daddy Malcolm Monroe. I'm sad that I never got. Oh, to I'll meet. tell you, he was he was an absolute gentleman, and uh, honestly, the day is long. Knew how to treat his workers. Uh, he was a class oh. act. And that's and that's why I'm so sad because I've never I've only heard good things about him. Yeah. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you off the, the yeah off the record on the air. Right. Okay. Um, I I worked for uh, Malcolm for a while as okay. a heel manager, and he was always pushing me to do racial stuff, and I absolutely refused to do it. It was just <laughs> not me. You know, I'm not going there, Malcolm. And uh, one night they ran a show, and DBA started the show off with a promo. I came out and interrupted him to uh, have one of my guys uh, challenge him. And he and I got into it. And uh, all of a sudden, he pulled and And DBA was an astonishing, astonishingly fine dresser. I mm-hmm. mean, he... He wore the the best clothes you could find. Yes, he, he pulls off his he he pulls off his silk shirt to uh, threaten me, and when he took it off, I swear to God, he had the most high quality uh, strapped spaghetti strap T shirt I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and honest to God, Mosey, honest to God, Mosey, I just couldn't help myself. I reached out, I felt it, and I looked him straight in the eye, and I went, ooh, DBA, nice cotton T-shirt. 
Did you pick it yourself? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I, 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 I try to avoid the racial stuff too. And I remember I was working at this one show, and oh, it was like I can't even remember the name of the town in Kentucky. And I just remember the promoter going, "Well, it's not going so well tonight." So um. Look here, uh, I'm going to need you to use a race car tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay, all right, I'm sure about this. And I'm like, all right, I'm trying to avoid it. So I get out there, and the crowd doesn't know who I am, and they're, they're not, you know, they're not really reacting. So I start looking around. So you know what? I was promised two things tonight. I was promised two things. First thing was a fight. And I have a problem with the second thing because I don't see no fine white women. All I see are tobacco-chewing, toothless, sweat-pit-stained, T-shirt-wearing, and I just, I just went on it. And it's like, I want the fine white women. Now, that's not my normal behavior. But I did it, and lo and behold, I got I got that cheap, cheap, cheap <laughs> racial pop. So I, I went with women yeah, that, like women. I, I, it worked. Yeah, I, I got a favor to ask of you. <laughs> if, if you run into DBA, remind him of the story that I just told you. He will remember it because he, we got back into the dressing room and I immediately started apologizing while he's on the floor rolling in laughter. Right, right. That, that's, definitely, that's definitely DBA. That's, that's all DBA right there. The DBA is such right. a great guy. He's, he's great to, to his people and his friends. He are, he's, he's great. He's loyal. And, and uh, I remember the last show I worked there and I, I was... I was I, I thought, yeah, well, all right, I'm gonna this is gonna be my last show and I didn't realize how much at home I was there because it was my last match in Michigan as well. And I cried. I cried like a baby and I thanked him. He was like, You can come back anytime and that was the thing, was you show up you show up on time, you do work, you don't complain and I would say I'm not a complainer either. You know, I'm not gonna really complain about some stuff. And he you know, like I said, my first match, my very first match there, he let me be in the main event, and then we carried a, a program of about another five matches after that. So, Killer. I mean, yeah, he didn't have to, and he didn't have to do that for me. So, I mean, that guy has my utmost respect. Yeah. Well, the next time you uh, see him, just relate that story to him. And he'll know who it is and tell him I said hi, missed the hell out of him, and it, it was a pleasure working with him. Absolutely, absolutely. And this has been very enjoyable to listen to you tonight. You had well, some great stories, you and, uh, and you have a great insight into the business. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling no, in. I appreciate it. All right, now. No problem. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Mosi. If People want to uh, to follow you on social media. How can they do that? Uh, the easiest way is to follow me on Facebook. Um, 
if if you guys don't mind, um, you can post the link to my Facebook page. It's the easiest way to follow me. Um, I might say some things that might cause you to think a little differently. I might say some things that you might not like. But, you know, I have friends that I don't agree with on Facebook as well. And, you know, sometimes they have good ideas too. So, um, but it's under my my real name, Moxie Humphrey. Uh, mm-hmm. If you search for that, I'm the only one you'll ever find on Facebook. I'm probably the only person on planet Earth with that name. <laughs> so, um, yep. we'll put the uh, we'll put I, that I'm, link I'm up. Pretty, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. It's probably why I don't commit a lot of crimes. Uh, <laughs> just, just because I have a, I'm a large guy, I tend to stand out anyway, and. Uh, I have a name that that makes it impossible to run. So. I understand. We'll put that we'll put that link up on our uh, on our web page tonight. Before we let you go, Mosi, could you do us a favor? Sure. Could you record a little bump for us? Just like you know, this is Mosi Kamu, and you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. This is Mosi Kamau, and you are listening to live at the Armor at the Armory Wrestling Show with Lord Ah. You need to start over. I thought I was going to get that one. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can go again. I thought it's I was fine. going to hit that. It's all right. This, this is mostly Kamau. You're listening to Live at the Armory with Bunkhouse Bob and the lovely Laura. Thank you very much, Mosi. It's been a pleasure having you awesome. on the show tonight. We appreciate you. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it was great to talk about the business and other things. Um, and I'll see you guys down the road. Thank you, sir. I'll see you at the next grindhouse. All right. <laughs> there goes Mosi. What a nice guy. What a class act. Yeah. And, I really, and what I really great enjoyed stories that. he had. Yeah, I, I had no clue. No, I didn't either. And seeing that's that's the that is the pearl that is our show, folks. Every now and then, you know, we pull something out that we don't even know how good it is until we get into it. So. You know, that's the way that it is. Well, we were going to do mailbag leftovers, Laura, but we're running a little short on time, and we've had such that's a fresh okay. show. It's such a fresh show, and leftovers seem kind of like a stale idea now. So, you know, that's yes. just the way that it is. That's just the way it is. We did want to uh, did want to announce next week's guest. Uh, next week's guest joining us here will be Brittany Wonder will be joining us next week. We're really, uh, really excited to talk to Brittany. Um, we talk about that element of uh, mixing uh, characters and wrestling and show. If you're not familiar with Brittany Wonder, you need to Google her, go find her on Twitter, find her on Facebook. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at what you find, and she'll be on the show next week. Laura, do you have anything that you want to add before? Before we wrap it up, two things, two things really quick. Yep. First of all, I goofed, and Jordan Castle told me I goofed. And PWX's show is August sixteenth, not the twenty third. Sorry about okay. that, Brian. It's August sixteenth, the Hickory uh, National Guard Armory. We'll talk more about it next week, I'm sure. And two, uh, Ryan Martell's podcast, um, Martell's Corner. You need to go listen mm-hmm. to it. He talks about uh, ring rats, and I love what he said because he's the first man I've ever heard in wrestling with that kind of opinion and outlook about it. So love you, Ryan. Just want to give you a shout-out for that. And I think that's all I got. 
Well, folks, we certainly appreciate you joining us again for another episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. We certainly appreciate all of your support. We appreciate you no matter how you listen to us, whether it's on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, or whether you download us on iTunes. And you can do that by simply going to iTunes, type Armory in the search bar, click the search, then go down to the podcast link, click the podcast, and boom, we pull up. Also, if you type in Google Top Indie Wrestling Podcasts and go to the first link, guess who you'll see? You'll see us. And you know why? Because there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll see you next week, folks. been listening to live from the armory wrestling radio show listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time subscribe to us on itunes follow us on twitter at from the armory and you can find us on facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.nine if you like what you hear Please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.